What is going on, travelers? Welcome to episode 85 of The Resonance, a weekly Genshin Impact podcast. I am your host, Ran, and with me as always is our Lord Lady Emerald. What's going on, Em? Oh, it's your Lord Lady Emerald, and it's late. It, it is late. We are recording a little late. My dinner uh, ran a little later than I thought it would, but uh, hopefully we can get this knocked out and you know, give Fiorina's character chapter the covers that it deserves. So sorry for bringing you out here so late, but you know, thanks for sticking with me anyway. Yeah, no, that's that. It's fine. It's all cool. I'm just a little bit sleepy. Uh, well, we'll try to make it pretty quick for you, but still have a nice full episode. Uh, how's your uh, How's your weekend Genshin and stuff been? You been up to anything good? It's It's been pretty good. Oh, I I finally got the Chasm name card. I've been working on that for the past couple weeks. Oh, awesome! What was the last thing you had to do? Uh, finishing getting all the chests. Yeah, just 100% in the area? And not 100% in the area, it was just enough to get the name card, you know? Okay, was there like a certain number of chests you had to find to get it? Because I, I got it a while back, I can't remember. It's 200 for the final ones. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, I I remember and I the chasm. Get, yeah, and I finally got it, so yeah, that's, that's really cool. Finally got that name card. I have it as my actively set name card, yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Well, congratulations on that. Are you uh, are you ready for 4.3 to drop here pretty quick? Oh, I sure am ready for 4.3 to drop. I am definitely ready. What do we got? I think it comes in, what, tomorrow night, I believe? Uh, yeah, that sounds about or right. Be, yeah, or it'll be the night after this episode drops. So Yeah, Wednesday it's, night uh, for EST, gang. I, uh, I, I, I thought I was ready, and the closer it gets, the more I feel like I'm not ready. But... You know, we're going to go into it anyway, and ho- hopefully hopefully the gotcha guys are nice to us. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I hope you get your girl. I, I appreciate it. So, But you said you're saving up for uh, write-in on the second part, too? Yeah, I'm going to try to go for her. Okay, awesome. That'll be your first your first Archon to yeah, add If I roster? get her, yeah. If I would. Uh, I, I believe. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed for you. I, I'm pretty sure she'll come home for you. I hope so, too. So anybody, uh, for our returning listeners and our new ones, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, if you would like to communicate with us a little bit more outside of the podcast itself, you can find us both on Twitter and on Blue Sky at HoyoCast. Uh, you can also join our nice and ever-growing friendly Discord community at discord.gg forward slash the resonance. I feel like that we're getting new members just pretty much every other day, every week, and it's staying nice and nice and active, so... I mean, come in, join in, have we're a good time. We're a rather time. unhinged bunch. Yeah, we, we have our moments, yeah. But I, I think that we're all still uh, fairly well-behaved. Yeah, fairly well-behaved, sure. But we're, we're going to leave that as it is. But if you want to know exactly what we're talking about, you can join our uh, join our community, join up in the general Genshin chat, and just see what kind of nonsense that we that we tend to get up to. Usually revolving around a certain four, like four, three or four people. Oh yeah, and I, and I keep forgetting to mention this, but I am also on Blue Sky as well, thanks to Ran. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. I'm glad to have you on there as well. I think I've got like four or five invites. So if uh, any of our listeners are in the Discord community and need an invite to jump on Blue Sky, just hit me up and I'll I'll get you on there. I think I gave like one to you, and one I think was it Jam and John or somebody I got on there. I can't remember. I, I've got like two and two people from our Discord community on there, and I've got like four more invite codes now. Pretty rad. Yeah, I think I got my invite. I think it was, was it Spade? I think it was think Spade who gave you yours. Yeah. Both of yours, yeah, actually. Got... The one for yours and the one for the podcast. For the show? Yeah. Yeah. 
So n- nice to see some of regulars kind of jumping over and kind of slowly building the community up on that side. Not a whole lot really going on uh, this week in terms of news, but we did get some very interesting things for what we did get. First thing real quick, as you know, version 4.3 is going to drop pretty soon after this episode goes live. And as of right now, and by the time you listen to this, the 4.3 pre-install will be available. So you can go ahead and get all those uh, core resources downloaded and ready on your system. So that way when the update goes live, you can jump right into it. The next bit, we did get the details on the two new weapons for this update. The first one being for Verdict, which is going to be Navia's signature weapon, her Claymore. Looks so freaking cool. Oh god, it looks so nice. I, I can't wait to get this thing and just level it up. I, I bet that gym and it glows like bright blue too in the middle. Oh yeah, I bet it does too. I don't see why it wouldn't. I mean, anytime you see something like that, it tends to do. I'm just wondering if it's going to undergo like a severe color change, like some weapons tend to, or if it's going to kind of maintain its golden blue hue. Yeah, and its gears don't look that bad, and its materials don't look that bad to farm either. Oh, no, no, they they were crazy easy. You got to farm like the little alien uh, orb things, and they yeah. drop a lot of the materials because there's not a lot of them. Yeah, some mecha gears, and then the domain you know, ascension materials, but even those, you know, aren't even that bad. So. You know, the gears are so easy to, to just farm. Like, I literally had so many gears just from, like, doing the content around Fontaine. and Oh, yeah, because the Gardamex are everywhere. Yeah, the Gardamex are everywhere. So I had literally pretty much had everything for everything I needed for Risley, like, already. Yeah, I think the only thing I actually had to like, actively farm for this weapon was the... um the ancient cords from the domain. Like, I actually had to go and get those, but that's pretty much it. Everything else I've gotten just from exploration. But uh, the information on that for the Verdict Claymore, the primary stat is going to be crit rate, which at level 90 will be at 22.1% for a crit rate bonus. And the special ability for that weapon is going to be the Mini Oaths of Dawn and Dusk, in which this will increase your attack by 20%. When characters in your party obtain elemental shards from the crystallized reactions, the equipping character will gain one seal, increasing elemental skill damage by 18%. The skill will last for or the seal will last for 15 seconds, and the equipper may have up to two seals at once. Once all the equipper's seals will disappear 0.2 seconds after their elemental skill de- deals damage. Pretty much crit rate, big crit rate bonus. Big attack percentage bonus and more elemental skill damage bonus as you basically just keep wailing on things. So Pretty keep awesome. swinging. Yeah, it's just yeah, just all the damage. So that's going to be Navi a signature weapon, and I'm sure it's going to be good on quite a number of other I could Claymore see, users. I could see Ito making good use out of it. You know, he probably could if you if you get him up to where he's generating generating a elemental uh, the shards from the geo reactions. Then yeah, just constantly beefing up his damage. I bet it makes his burst like really gnarly. Yeah, and plus that's it'd just what be I was cool imagining. See... Yeah, I... but it's gonna be really cool just see Ito swinging that giant battle axe around too. It, it, it works, I'd mad dude. Ito with a battle axe. Oh, I bet this would actually look really good on Noel as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it would look good on her. I bet we, we might have to experiment with that as well. Uh, the second weapon. Yep. <laughs> the uh, second weapon we got some details are going to be for I like the... this one. I like this one. Yeah. Can I talk about this one? Absolutely. Go for it. It's all you. Okay. So the other weapon we have is the Ultimate Overlord's 
a mega magic sword. It's a claymore. It's this golden claymore, and it has, like, the little Melozine stickers on it, like we see on Risley's um, gear and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it has the energy recharge stat of a 30.6% at level 90. And its little, uh, its buff is called Melusistance. Yes, this is a very unique This is, it's attack increased by 12%. That's not all. The support from all the Melozines you've helped in Marusi Village fills you with strength. Based on the number of them you've helped, your attack is increased by up to an additional 12%. So pretty much this weapon just rewards you for doing quests. Yeah, this is definitely, like, like the the more of the Melozine uh, world quests you've done for Melozine Village, the stronger this weapon gets. That is it's such a wild like weapon ability that actually ties into the world quest directly like that. It's literally it. just rewarding you for actually clearing the content of the game. And I think that this is a really fun way to do it personally. I, I completely agree. It always makes me wish that they had done something like this for like the R and R quest. Like, like as many of like the R and R we had to like find and help. Oh, like, yeah. Could you imagine like the bonuses like they would add to a weapon because that, thing was just so there's so many i still haven't done the whole thing with like finding all of the rnrs oh it took so long oh my god i see them around and i just like haven't like interacted with them (laughs) yeah you just find them like okay yeah go home and then they're good oh yeah i also forgot to mention that this claymore the ultimate overlord's mega magic sword this is the weapon that we're getting from the flagship event yes yeah, this this will be our main reward from the Roses and Muskets event. Uh, the materials that you'll need to ascend this will be the Broken Goblets of the Pristine Sea, which is going to be the Goblet Domain material. The Old Operative's Pocket Watch, which I believe is the watch drops from the new Fatui, uh, the Swordsman enemies that we got. Yeah, that's the drops from uh, the, the Operative's. Yeah. There you go. Yep. And then more of the Gardamech gears that you get from the Gardamechs and from the mecha fish in the water. So still not super terrible as far as materials go. Should be pretty easy to ascend this thing. And then, of course, we'll get the refinement material, I'm sure, from the from the event itself. But yeah, n- nice uh, two big chunky claymores that we got all at once. So that's kind of interesting. And... Now that I can see this weapon like blown up on the picture, it's it's not quite the Minecraft sword that I thought it was going to be. It's it's not as a uh, Minecraft. Yeah, Sorry. it's not as like pixely. <laughs> that sentence is horrible. Yeah, no, it's not as like I thought it was going to be like a pixely kind of like a goofy looking weapon, but this is and it's still kind of a goofy looking weapon with the melazine stickers and stuff all over it. It's cute, but it's definitely not what I thought it was. I love it so much. Yeah, no, that, that that's pretty great. The, and also the fact that it says that's not all in the ability description. Yeah, it's a shame like I don't have re- any Claymore characters built. Yeah, it's like really trying to sell you on this thing. So that is, that, that's really cool. The next piece of information we've got is that we have a Genshin Impact and Sanxing Dui Museum collaboration, which is going to be... I guess something like with the museum where they're going to have some like Chinese heritage kind of tied in with Rex Lapis and the, and the Lord Liyue. So that'll be really cool. And from what I've seen is that the reward for participating in this event is going to be this like giant, like 
statue of like Zhongli's archon form, like the with the with the hooded cloak and everything. Oh, that's so freaking cool! Yeah, and it, it's like big. It's like a big statue that you like put on like your open court or something. It looks amazing because he's like standing there. He's like holding up his hand. There's like a floating mask with some magic around it and stuff on it. It looks really really cool. So, uh, yeah, if you take part in that event, there should be a couple other rewards. Uh, shouldn't be anything too intense or intense. I haven't seen any, like, gameplay or anything like that. I think it's just kind of like, hey, look at this thing, you know, watch a video, click through some stuff, you know, appreciate it, and then they'll send rewards in the mail. I think that looks really cool. Uh, my only thing about the statue is that it looks amazing, which basically means it's going to take, like, a quarter of your load limit to put it in your teapot. Awesome. Uh, so that's those things tend to be, but that, that'll still be really cool. I know there's, there was a lot of people on Twitter that were really excited to finally get this statue. I'm always going. here for more teapot stuff. I, uh, yes, I just finished building, finished building my little Fontaine town. So I am all about some teapot right about yeah, now. No, I, I gotta can't, finish I can't wait to do the, um, to get the Fontaine ones because I have so oh, many man. ideas for it already. I just need to actually like to, to, for it to come out so I can get it. <laughs> Yeah, no, the, the new Fontaine Realm it just looks amazing. It's going to be really, really cool. It's going to be really hard for me not to rip up my existing teapot and relocate. Just have two different layouts that you can switch between. Easy. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I got to have a primary. and not ha- I'm so happy with the one that I have now. It's so hard to do. But it it may be enough to get me to pull the trigger. We'll see. We'll see. But our uh, our last piece of news, uh, which is probably actually our biggest one that we got, is that we got our version 4.4 drip marketing, which started with uh, two brand new characters that are getting ready to come out, a five-star and a speculated four-star that's going to be added to Lantern, right? We'll start with a four-star. Our four-star is going to be Ga Ming, which yeah, is unfortunate. Gaming, which unfortunately in the localization from the Cantonese into English, they localize it as gaming. No, it's not gaming. Uh, it's it's not gaming. It is spelled as gaming, but it is going to be I'm pretty much pronounced uh, gaming if I'm not mistaken. Because yeah, I think it's ga-ming. supposed to be like ka- That's correct. Yes. Yeah, from the Cantonese. I think it's supposed to be like kaming is like what they could have done. But I feel like they could have avoided all this, like all the memes and stuff on Twitter, if they had just added like an H to like G A H M I N G. But I'm, I don't I'm care. Like I this... love him. I mean, he looks really cool with his jacket. He looks. He, looks like... he just is so fun and so filled with life. Yeah. No. He. He looks. He looks. He's got like that. that My silly like... little lion dancer, and I love him. He's got like Chinese Bennett energy. Like he looks like he's just going to be like really just up and go get him. I'm not. Did we? I think he's a pyro character, he's but we don't know what his weapon yes. are. We don't know yeah. what his weapon is, but he's a pyro character. Yeah. So we'll have to see, but uh, probably a pretty good chance that he'll be added to the Lantern Right Festival, which means that you may be able to get a free copy of him. Yeah, that'll so, be. I, that's gonna be my pick. I do not care. I know it, yeah. there's probably others I could pick, but like I'm gonna choose him because, like, of course, I am. Yeah. No, I'm the same way. I feel like I could get some constellations for some other characters, but the collect the collector in me is probably going to just choose him just to like, add him to my roster. Well, we'll see. But hopefully, you know, he'll be added to the banner and be one of the choices. I think, like, last year they added, what was it, Yao Yao they added last year? Well, they had Yao Yao on there, yeah. But then in the year before, yeah. they had, like, Yunjin. Or no. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it was both of them. I don't really remember. My 
it's too late for this. <laughs> okay, that's fine. We'll jump on to the uh, to the new. I'm going to assume five star character, which is going to be the since the animation we got a long time ago. It's going to be the long awaited uh, Zhan Yun or Cloud Retainer, as you know her, is finally going to be added to the playable roster. What did you think of Cloud Retainer? Okay, I, I kind of I like her, and I hope this gives us more like more opportunities to give us more of like um, the more of the adept eye playable in the future. Yeah, I, w- I would completely agree with that. I think that I do think that she looks pretty good. The red glasses, the bodysuit, and the high ponytail stuff. She gives me like big bayonetta. Yeah, me like, and me and John were design. saying the same exact thing that she looks like bayonetta. Yeah, and I think that's what's got a lot of people like going crazy on Twitter is like she looks like Bayonetta and people already love Bayonetta. And the fact that Cloud Retainer has always just been like hilarious. Like anytime like she's got to deal with Ganyu and Shinha. Literally anytime she has to deal with anything at all. Oh my gosh, she's she's such like a brat but also like a dragon mom. And it's 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 you know, she's she's hilarious. Now I'm I'm hoping that a lot of that carries over into her uh into her playable character, like, profile and mannerisms and stuff. Because she looks really good, and I'm hoping that she plays the way that we've experienced her so far. Do you think you're going to... Are you going to throw any currency at uh, at Cloud Retainer if you got any leftover after riding? Probably not, going to be real honest. I don't think I'm going to. Yeah, it's like... I, I don't want to, because I know a lot of people are excited, but I think I'm going to have to agree, because I'm probably going to have to throw everything to get Navi and her weapon. So I'm not sure if there's even going to be anything left for a cloud retainer by the time I'm done, but we'll see. I know that um, the big fingers crossed thing is that people are hoping that because Honkai Star Rail just got a Doctor Ratio as um as a, as like a free five star character that you really they'll think Genshin is going to give us a free five star? No, no, I absolutely do not. They're not going to give us a but... free five star. No, I mean it's wishful thinking. We can dream. We can dream. Um, yeah, we can dream. We can hope. But I, I wouldn't keep your fingers crossed. But, I mean, that's pretty much uh, the biggest I ain't keeping anything crossed. No, no. Nah, nah, you know, you, know you, you can wish, but, you know, don't hold your breath. But that's really about it as far as, like, current news. And uh, the drip market said just dropped today. And with 4.3, it said get your, get your pre-install done. And after this episode goes live, we'll be, yeah, we'll be ready to go. And it'll be... All Navia and Ayaka and the new uh, Roses and Muskets events, and we'll be able to get right into that. I know, I'm so, so that's excited. I'm so excited. Yeah, no, next week's going to be busy. Yeah, me too. Uh, I am about as ready for Navia as I can be. I've pre-farmed everything except for, like, I think I'm down to, like, 12 of, like, the golds, like, the scrolls of equity, and I need, like, four or five more of the weekly boss drops that I can't like actively go and chase after I think I'll be able to get her talents up to like 8 and then 10 and 10 we'll see that seems but, fine yeah that's that's definitely a solid enough start I'll be happy with that and then we'll just do the rest as it comes but uh, other than that I mean this week we're going to jump into the Farina character chapter that we've been putting off for a couple weeks we had you know the week where you were sick then we had the technical issues and then the 4.3 live stream. So after a couple weeks, Farina's finally going to get her due. And we're going to cover that. Fortunately, Lenny it is... Lenny is never going to get his due. Now, Lenny will... 
actually, if we don't have anything super crazy going, we might do a little coverage of the 4.3 event next week. But maybe we can jump into Lenny's character chapter and get all caught up to date uh, next week. Because that one's definitely been on the back burner for a while. Oh, yeah, it has been. It's just, um, yes. you know, it's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll, we'll get there. No, don't worry. Don't worry. We're going to do Lenny Justice, I promise. Because that was a good character chapter, too. And fortunately, like a lot of the Fontaine character chapters, I've been good. But they've also been really short and condensed. I mean, that also works because tonight's kind of late already uh, as we're recording this. And Farina's character chapter is not long at all. But it is yeah, still Yeah, I'm going to have good. to take you, let you. Whoa, goodness. I'm going to have to let you take the lead on that one. All right. Well, let's go and take a little break, and then we'll jump back into it. And uh, and I, I will take charge, and we'll give Farina a little bit of coverage uh, since her descent as the Hydro Archon. You all set? Uh, yep. All right. We'll be right back. back the curtain has fallen on the grand act the performance has ended the true appearance of day and night reflected in the pupils of the eyes on what should have been the road home for the triumphant hero there are neither bouquets of flowers tossed nor the echo of applause only the murmuring of the fountain of lucine the future is as long as the past and like a gentle ripple she merges with the throng of humanity Animula Choragi, Chapter, Act Animula. 1, The Little Ocean Inn. Animula, is that how you pronounce that? Yes. Uh, so yeah, this is going to be Farina's first character chapter, The Little it's, Ocean Inn. Um, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's Latin for Choir of Animals. Oh, I like that. That's nice. That very fits in line with her, uh, her elemental skill and her burst. I like that. During the events of the quest, the Traveler helps a struggling troop get their get back on track, though not before dragging Fiorina into it and helping cheer her back up. So before we go and jump all the way into it, what did you think of Fiorina's character chapter? I, I thought it was alright. I think the ending was uh, pretty good. I am, like with many others, don't exactly like the characterization of the, the Traveler and Paimon in this one, especially at the beginning. Like, I feel like the writers have been making them a bit more, like, mean lately. I, I I agree with you. I think that was one of the biggest complaints from the fan base as well, is that they love Fiorina in this. But yes, and especially, like you said, the Travor and especially Paimon have become a lot more, I guess, like, snarky. They're not, like, trying to be, like, mean, but they've got a lot more attitude and kind of wit about them now. Well, I like, I, like a good, I like a good sassy protagonist, but, like, it has to be done, like, right. It has to be done, like tastefully i guess is the right word i could use because like one of my favorite protagonists in video games one of my favorite avatar characters so far is like shez from fire emblem mm-hmm. uh three hopes and they are so incredibly sassy and have so much personality but like it it just it works it works with like everything 
And then, like, for the Traveler in Paimon, it's like the sudden, like, switch, you know? I think a lot of it also tends to revolve around who they're interacting with as well. Like, True, if Paimon and Traveler like, were like this, if they were doing it like, with, like, Ito or Kaya or something like that, then I feel like it would be completely fine. Because Ito's an idiot. He kind of gets what he deserves. But after having gone through the Archon quest and experienced and like everything, everything that like they didn't have through, to, they didn't have to be mean to Farina. Yeah, because she's went through a lot, and you really got to kind of pull the punches. Like you, you can't jab at a person that's like this fragile at this point. I completely agree. I, I, I really, I did enjoy this. The ending was really sweet. The, I love the ending animation and the music, but yeah, there, there was some abrasion that I felt was unneeded. But we will cover that as we dive into into the story. And like I said, it's not super long, so we should be able to burn through this really quick. But we can go and jump into it if you are ready. Uh, yeah, go on ahead. All right. So, arriving at Fontaine's Adventurers Guild branch, Paimon and the Traveler are asking Catherine for some commissions. And Catherine states that they do have one, and the commissioner themselves is actually nearby. The commissioner is Lawick who is the head of a troupe that are performing one last show before, I guess, their, their troupe is going to pretty much disband. Uh, however, unfortunately, their main actress has become ill, and she cannot perform, which apparently this has happened to her before, but apparently this, is what, this has been a really bad flare-up. And this being the final act, as much as they want their main actress to, to take part, they are trying to find someone that they can replace her with to perform their final show. But because they're an amateur trope, they're pretty much running based on whatever funds they have, and they can't afford to like hire somebody. They need somebody to essentially volunteer. When confronted with this, Paimon and the Traveler they think about, well, who do we know that performs? And naturally, I mean, they think of, I mean, what is essentially the performer. They immediately fall back on Furina. And Lawick is like, he's really surprised. And he's kind of like, you know, even though Furina has, is no longer, has, has stepped down from her role as the Archon, she still held in very, very high regard by a lot of people. He's like, there's no way that I could ever think of asking Furina to try and perform in, in our little amateur show. But, after a little bit of persuasion, the traveler and Pompey say, "Look, you know, it's it's going to be pretty much this or nothing." And Lawick finally says, well, "You know, if you can convince her, then yeah, you know, we we would love to have her." And as we're discussing this, we kind of find out that we don't know where Verena lives anymore, since she no longer lives um, where she in her where was she housed at in the, uh, was it the opera? Palaimonia. Yeah, it wasn't the opera. Yeah. Opera, the opera epiphase is just the, 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 the stage. The, yeah, the stage in the courthouse. Yeah, so she's not, she's not going to live there. But no, I'm glad you remember that. So since she stepped down from her role, she's no longer there. So they have to find out where she lives. But Catherine, who was standing nearby, is like, oh, you know, I, I know where she, she's staying at now. You know, let me just, you know, dox Serena for you and give her give you her personal information so you can go grab her. Which seems kind of crazy to me, you know, on the outside looking in. Catherine just kind of walks up, just kind of like, yeah, you don't have this, but I'll just give you this uh, person. Here's her address. Yeah, yeah, here's her personal information here. You can go, just go find her. 
It's like it's like thanks, Catherine. I mean, I guess in terms of uh, pushing the quest along, but holy crap! So as we go down, we we venture down to find Farina's home down in Fontaine, and immediately Paimon looks at it. She's like, "Wow, this is like a huge step down from the palais," and it's kind of like ragging on where Farina's living. When Farina like comes up from behind, it's kind of like you know it's it's very rude to talk about somebody's home like right in front of it, you know, while they're standing here. This is like the part of where like it feels like Paimon's like not intentionally being mean, but she is being mean because we find out like Farina's also like you know hey what were you doing? She's like oh well, you know I used to have cooks that would prepare all kinds of different meals and desserts and things for me. But now that I don't have any caretakers, you know, I, you know, I have to cook and fend for myself. And you kind of figure out that Fiorina probably doesn't really know how to cook because everything she makes is macaroni with just different sauces. Heck yeah. <laughs> She's like, on this day, you can have macaroni with meat sauce. And then this day, you can have macaroni with tomato sauce. And it's like... You you really have like this is like a whole new venture for her. Like she's got like to like basically learn how to live on her own, and it's 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 almost heartbreaking because of the huge step down. And when you're having this interaction, it's like Paimon just straight up says, "Oh, you don't know how to cook, do you?" And I mean, just I mean that's almost verbatim. I mean, just literally so just, rude. Yeah, just takes an immediate jab, and Farina's like, "Why? You know, that's that's not nice." And it's like, I completely agree. Like, you got to kind of feel for this girl for everything she's gone through and where she is now. So, Paimon's witty and snarky comments aside, we basically tell Farina why we're here, how Lawick needs help with a final performance for his performing troupe, and Farina basically says, "Look, after the past." you know, 500 years of being forced to put on this act to perform this role, she has no she has no plans of ever acting again. Like, she doesn't want to. Because, and I, I, you can't blame her because of how exhausted she has to be. And she essentially just says, you know, just straight up, just, you know, no, you're, you're going to have to find somebody else. Tell them I'm sorry. But th there's no way I will ever do anything in terms of acting before a grand stage or anything. You know, it would be better that, you know, the people just, you know, just let me mold it back into society and let me find my place. So we return to Lawick with the news and basically tell him, you know, hey, you know, Farina said no. But at the time, he is, Lawick is actually arguing with Dolphy, who is the... The, the, the main actress that yeah, the, we had the, been hearing about. Exactly. And she's, you know, basically saying like, no, I am, you know, I'm completely fine. I can act, you know, it's not a problem. It's going to be our final performance. You can't cut me out of our final performance when it's the last thing that we're going to do as a troop. Like, she's like really upset about it. And as they're talking, the traveler sees Farina like crouched like behind like a bush. And it's like, Eavesdropping, like watching, and literally like hiding behind the um, like Avengers Guild building, like kind of just watching, yeah, she, like peeking over the counter. And we just go over the like, you just go and you just grab her, and you just drag her into the conversation. 
at this point, like, Farina, like, Farina is the one that apologizes to Paimon for, like, getting upset. And I felt like that was so backwards because Paimon was the one that was being rude. And then Farina was, like, getting offended as she had every right to be. But when we pull her back, Farina's like, yeah, you know, I wanted to I wanted to come and find you and apologize for kind of snapping back at you like that. Oh, you see, because, like, I get that. That's relatable to me. Because, like, I... I I, over, I apologize for things that are obviously not my fault, like, all the time. I think I have a hard time relating to that, maybe. I think that's more like, like an introverted, like, personality trait. Maybe that's maybe that's where that comes from. It's kind of, it but, it, it could side, also like, be a trauma thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I could absolutely see that as well. But Farina also says, you know, hey, you know, I thought about it, and I had a bit of a change of heart as far as, like, helping the trope out. But... She says that she she ha, uh, she she listens to to Lawick and Dolph kind of present the case of of what their trope is going through, and she asks like, "Hey, are you guys not having like you know financial issues to where you can't afford an actor, or you know are your ticket sales not working?" And we learn that the director of the trope, uh, Orly, is it, is Orly Orly. I think it was I, something like that. Yeah, I yes, I should know, but I don't. Yeah, we we learned that Orle was actually one of the victims of the serial disappearance case of Marcel. She was one of the girls that was melted down and like dissolved. And this kind of news like shocks Farina. Like Farina's like because she feels like like she's like partially responsible for this, for like it's like not uncovering like what was going on with the primordial sea and everything. So. Farina says, like, yes, I, okay, with, with all this in mind, no, I will help you out. I'm not going to perform, but I will help you out as kind of a assistant director or production manager to try and fill in the role and help you guys with your production to, to organize you and, you know, find you a stage and everything. At this point, we find two more of the trope members, Elaine and Burard. Burad? Burad? Burad. These French... Barad, yeah, the French names are very hard for me. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, and they're like completely like awestruck when they see like the Traveler and Farina. I mean, it's like a case of like meeting your heroes because they are like huge fans of like of like you know Farina and you know the Traveler being you know the, one of the big heroes of Fontaine. And Lawick states that we have this play that we're working on, but the original script, the Little Oceanid. The original director was unable to finish it because the serial, the, the, her disappearance and her, the, the tragedy that happened to her happened before she had a chance to finish it. And they're not sure how the story needs to end. There are two, uh, they're, they're, some of their main actors, Vilmont and Paulo, um, have yet to actually write up an ending of how they want this to go, to collaborate and see, like, how do we want to bring this play to a conclusion? Because it has to have an ending. Lou was the one who was writing the ending of the script. And yes. Vilmont was the one who kind of just, I, I think I got that right. Yeah, Vilmont was the one who, like, I kind of isolated himself from the situation. While Paul Lou yes. uh, wanted to work on the script. Correct, yeah. Vilmont took, like, RLA's death, like, really, really hard. And Paulo was trying to finish the script and try and keep, like, the essence and the heart of the original writer, like, 
in the ending and try and play it out how he thinks that they would want it to to pan out in the end. Vilmont has promised that he would arrive, and but they were actually worried if he would actually follow through or not. But with Farina present, the troop is pretty much confident that they can bring everybody back together. Like Farina's gonna be like this rallying beacon for everybody to 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 come to come around and bring the troop back together. Uh, Paolo, however, has gone to Poisson to finish his writing. And Farina's kind of upset to hear that because as we know, that's you know, the, with the disaster, the tragedy that hit Poisson during the fulfillment of the prophecy. But, you know, it's She's like, no, we should go. And Farina also is like, I want to also, you know, see what happened for myself. Uh, what, what has happened there? And it'll it'll be a good a good chance to do that. So we make our way to Poisson uh, with Farina in tow, and we talk to Paolo, who says that the script isn't ready. He's like, he's working, but it's not ready yet. He'll come out when it's ready. And we run into Navia, um, who has been like. I guess she's been talking with Dolphy, the main actress, to try and like pressure like Lawick, you know, for being oblivious is is what she says. To try and like, you know, get the production moving to like, you know, you gotta drive, you gotta motivate these people and get things and get things going. But Farina is asking Navia, how is the town doing? You know, how are how are people getting through? How's the rebuilding going? And Navia says, you know, they're just kind of taking it day by day. There's you know, we're trying to rebuild, but there's still in addition to, you know, the, the devastation to the town itself, there's a lot of, you know, trauma and emotional oh, a lot turmoil. To, that to has... like grieve. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my gosh! And, can award. Yeah, and a lot of the people are like upset with Furina because they feel like as the Hydra Archon, she should have done something to deal with the prophecy before it before it hit Poisson, before it. You know, it, it claimed all these lives and destroyed their town. So we kind of walk with Farina, and Navius claims that while we're there, people saw us, but Navi told them that it's not actually Farina, but it's an actor that is playing a role of Farina. And with that in mind, we take Farina, and we do, you know, like go through Poisson, we look around, and as we do, like, People are like obviously staring. Farina, I think like, I remember like, the know. whole line of like somebody said something along the lines of somebody dresses Farina is even like that's even that's disrespectful of them being yeah. here. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's very much like you know how you know you you should know like how we feel about the Hydro Archon, and even as an actor, even if you aren't the Hydro Archon, you're going to dress like that and then come here. It's just like you know, twisting a dagger in their back. Farina's like, just states like, you know, she is, she can feel the resentment, like the anger. And as we're walking, like you can actually see like behind us, like the people are like starting to like gather and make like a bit of a crowd. And it's very much like, yeah, we kind of got to get away from this. And we basically have to take Farina up to the Spina di Rizzula, like their headquarters to try and get away from the crowd because things are getting very uncomfortable. And Farina does state that she is, you know, she's still traumatized by the events that happened from the waters that flooded the town from the people that were... Yeah, anybody would be. Yeah, I mean, basically, like, half the city of Poisson was dissolved. Even though, like, they were able to manage what they could, and 
avoid like the absolute worst case scenario and save you know the, those that they could it's still like a a, a big issue and now that Farina, even though she, you know, Farina has been has like stepped down from the role of the Hydro Archon, like she's supposed to be free, but she's still like not because she doesn't know how to handle like this new level of like pressure and like experiences like amongst the normal population. And it's at this point that the traveler says, you know, like we understand, but you are, you know, you are doing better. You know, you are, you are improving like day by day. We understand it's hard, but you know, you're, you're getting through it and you know, you just got to keep at it. And it's at this point that we head back to, to Paulo, uh, who says that he has finished the script while Lawick and Dolphy were there chattering and arguing over, uh, food and things that I guess Navia had prepared for them. And Paulo comes well, out and he's actually... They were just arguing actually... about over food in general, because, you know, he was, Adolfi was all like, you were supposed to be this character, but now look at you, and now you have to play this other character. Oh, yeah, because he, like, put on, like, a bunch of weight. Yeah. Like, like he couldn't fit into Bro, the costume anymore because he ate too much. people were being mean to each other in this Archon quest. Mm-hmm. He's like, are you sure you should be eating, like, all this, like... Oh, was it, like... He was eating, like, fish and chips. And she was like, are you sure you should be eating, like, all this fried food? I mean, look at you. Bro, and, so yeah, so she, mean. Yeah, she's she's like ragging on him about this. But we run into them, and run into Apollo comes out, and he sees Farina, and he is surprised, but he just begins to gush about how she's like been like the inspiration of like of everything that her troops done. And how um the the history of like the the members of the trope like kinda like found their inspiration, like their their drive based on Farina's like impression. I guess like Dolphy was like an orphan who got abandoned by her parents. And then Lawick was like, like he was also a foster child. I guess like his father was like a murderer and got sent to the, um, got sent to the fortress, I believe. So Dolphy gives out like his version of like how he thinks the ending should be. But Dolphy like doesn't quite agree. And he thinks that the end or Dolphy, she believes that the ending should mirror like, the I guess like the hopeful and like the bright attitude and like essence of their director while Paolo says like well that would be meaningless like you know it it needs to be like what is real not what is like a daydream and it's at this point that we learn that Paolo was actually like in love with Arle with the main director and he had even confessed that to her but she she rejected him I guess rejected his love dance and, and basically said that she couldn't commit to something like that because the troop to her was like a family. Like they're all like brothers and sisters. And even though he had been shot down, Paolo had, he said that, you know, I understand that for now, but he was going to try again later. He's like, I will, I will, you know, I'm, I'm going to respect that suit, but I'm going, I'm not going to give up, you know, and I, I am going to confess again and, you know, and proclaim my love, and maybe she will love me back. But he never got the chance because Orle was, of course, you know, kidnapped by Marcel and, you know, met her demise. But he also confesses that on the day that she was kidnapped and the day that she disappeared, she had told them to wait outside of the city walls 
to wait for her, but she never showed up. And of course, you know, she was never found because of what happened. And that's why Pablo has this kind of like dark brooding and, you know, attitude about him. So as this entire like kind of like heavy situation kind of unfolds, we decide that we need to go find Vilmont, who's the other head actor uh, of the trope. And so we make our way to Vilmont's like location, which is on the outside, on the outskirts of Fontaine. And we run across some, some monsters, basically just some slimes. And we're kind of like, hey, we got to go take care of these. And he's like, Farina, can you help us? And Farina's like, oh, no, 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 no. It's like, I don't even have a vision. He's like, I'm just a normal nobody person. It's going to be up to you to, to take care of this. So we, we beat up the slimes. We beat up the monsters. And we head to Vilmont's tent. And we kind of get him caught up on everything that's going on, on reuniting the troop, finding an ending for the script, Farina coming on as pretty much the director and the advisor. And Vilmont reveals that the troop was, had always been financially struggling. But one day when he was having some drinks with a merchant, he got offered a sponsorship. The problem was that the drinks were, were synth which, as we know, were the diluted primordial sea water. Yeah, which... it then led to the whole ordeal that eventually led to her demise, which is why she she told them to leave the city, so that way they would yeah. be safe. Mm-hmm. Because the, the merchant, who I believe we found out was Marcel, was going to sponsor in return for dealing with the synth, but because of that, Orla said, "No, we're not going to do. We're not going to deal with that." And or oh, I guess he threatened to like to sue and like to come after the troop. Vilmont was going to handle like this. He's like, "I was going to go." And... So it was his. It was his. He's the. Co- oh my gosh, he's the the person who caused the whole issue in the first place, and so he was going to go handle it. Yeah, because Vilmont made the deal with this merchant. It's like, yeah, we can do that. And then Orle said no. And pretty much Mar- Marcel was kind of like, no, you've, you've done this. It's like, you made a deal. You can't go back on it. And Vilmont was going to handle it. But Orle said, like, no, she's going to do it. So you just wait for us outside and I will take care of this. And it was that day that she disappeared and Vilmont never told anybody about any of this because basically he was scared because he felt responsible for her for her death. And Paulo like just flips out and just well, yeah, because like gets he super... loved her and then, like uh yeah, he kind of flips out on Vilmont because and now he finds out that Vilmont was responsible for. For basically for for her demise, and so they basically start fighting, but Farina it had basically is the one that steps in, and breaks them up and says like, you know you're just you're doing this as, and you're basically using this show, as an outlet for yourselves. Arlie wanted to just to create an environment and like a family for you both, and even though she's gone, like you should be devoting this to like to her memory. And instead, you're just caring about yourselves and how you feel. Farina's the one has to come in and get them to calm down. And I think essentially, Kenalite Polo was kind of like, I don't forgive Vilmont, but I will finish the show. The, the troop 
returns back to to where they basically stage their practice stuff and Fran and the Traveler head back to the Palimormonia to see if maybe they can find something of like Orly's belongings that can help them with the play to try and maybe find something about an ending or a script or any kind of notes she might have left behind. And this is where we run into Sedin, who pretty much says like, yeah, this is what we were able to find. Sedin is of, great. Of hers. Yeah, Sedin Sedin is swell. And she, she, you know, we're very, very familiar. Sedin just kind of helps us out. And as we thumb through Orle's diary, we kind of read like the notes that Orle had been jotting down, like while being locked up captive, while Marcel was doing his experiments with the primordial seawater. And all of her notes are not only writing in memory and caring about the trope members that were still back home, but she was also taking care of like the other girls that were locked up with her. Like helping out with like with, with like food or like she was cold and like gave them a blanket and things like that. Like just this very selfless, like caring person. Right, and also and then just like also her slow deterioration of self as well. That was mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, you as like the more like you flip through the pages, like the more like detached like her writing and her words become. It, it, it's it's really kind of sad and just like brooding in a way to reflect on knowing what happened in the serial disappearance case. But we take these notes and we go back to the trope and we let them basically read over her her final notes. And as they do, they all kind of like they all finally kind of like have this kind of like epiphany, kind of decide to come together. And it's at this time that Dolphy suggests that instead of using her name as the actor, because I believe Orle, the director, was also supposed to be originally the main actress in the Little Ocean in play. So in order to to honor her, she says, I'm not going to give my stage name. I'm going to use Orle's name because I'm just filling in for her anyway. And Log agrees and is like, yep, no, as I completely agree. You know, we're going to do this in her memory. So we're going to get our small little stage. And their stage is like super tiny. Like it's like not even like high school gymnasium big. It's like itty bitty. Farina says like, absolutely not. If you're going to do this, this grand farewell performance, you're going to do it right. And I believe in this play and I believe in this troupe. And I have some pull. So I'm going to go... And I believe I can get us to perform at the opera Epiclase. And they're kind of like, we are nowhere near like impressive or important enough to do that. And she's like, no, it's like, I believe in you. You have to believe in you. I'm going to make this happen. And so we go, we, we go with Farina and we find Nouvellet, who is actually just like, Walking around chilling. outside the yeah, polymer like, morning. Farina's like, mm, I think he should be on break about this time. Oh, yep, there he is. I was right. Yep, he's <laughs> taking a stroll. And we're like, hey, newbies. Like, so we got this thing that's going on with this trope. And we would like to hold this, you know, our their final performance there. And Nuvla's kind of like, well, you know, I'm, I'm very glad to see, you know, he's very glad to see Farina back in high spirits and act that, you know, that she's actually doing things and being active and not just kind of, you know, being this like recluse. And he's like, so, you know, I believe I can make this happen. Will you be performing? And Farina pretty much says, you know, no, he's like, I'm not the, I'm not an actress anymore. I'm not going to be the main focus. And just being able to help them out is all that I want. 
Nuvolet's like, I, he completely understands, as he should. And he's like, no, he's like, I completely get it. And yes, it should be no problem. I will make this happen. I will free up the Opera Epicles so that your trope can perform. And I feel like that even though Fiorina has stepped down as a Hydro Archon, like, Nuvolet is doing everything he can to make sure that Farina like, wants for nothing. Yeah, like, Nuvolet like, still has an incredible amount of respect for her. Oh, he does, as as everybody should because of what she did. Yeah, he was like, I remember, like, at the end of it, he was like, you know, she's not going to want for housing, food, travel, whatever she wants. We're going to take care of it. But even as something like this, like, this is outside the norm, he's kind of like, no, I will make it happen. He's like, I, I will do this for you. And we, the trope, we get with them and we begin our rehearsal. And it gets down to the, to the point where it's time to perform. And Paolo and Vilmont begin the play. And as they're wrapping up their scene, we have to go and find Dolphy to get ready for the next act. For the and finale of the show, even. Exactly. And Dolphy's illness has has returned. She's gotten so bad that she she can't act. She cannot perform. But the character that she plays, uh, Cleo, she, as she's, we're like, hey, we have to take you somewhere to be taken care of. Dolphy asks, you know, she's asked Farina. It's like, Farina's like, why do you think Cleo, this character, you know, the, 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 the main character in The Little Ocean is, why do you think this character shines so bright? And it's such this this beacon of light. And Farina says that it's her pure heart because Cleo never gave up on like on like the world or the people around her. But Farina says like this character's like despite everything that was happening, despite you know the people turning on her or the world becoming this dark place, it's like she never gave up on it. So she believed that the world was still a beautiful place and in in the goodness in people. And Delphi is satisfied with that answer. Because we're at this final moment, Farina pretty much says, I'll do it. And she takes her deep breath. She goes on the stage. And she performs the the final act of the Little Oceanid in Delphi and Orale's place. And Absolute beautiful song. It is a yeah, it is. It is. A, it is a. It is a beautiful song. It is a just a wonderful performance, and one of the neat, one of the things that happens that as Farina is performing, as she is singing, and as she is dancing and moving and performing the act, originally there was supposed to be like a replica vision a presented, hydro vision that was supposed to yeah. drop down, but no, it yeah. was a real one. Yep, no, during the performance, Farina actually got blessed with an actual vision, like in the in the midst of this performance. And I like the whole no the, one will ever see such a realistic prop ever again. Like that's yeah, exactly. uh, so special and I love that. Yeah, and what was the thing that that Farina had asked is like after everything was done and the 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 troop is on stage and they're giving their bows and the curtain is falling. And they're they're you know they're giving credit to the cast. Farina had requested that she not be credited. Like the idea is to credit the director Orle, but they didn't. Instead, Paulo pretty much says we want to thank our potentially special our thanks to Farina. 
to to Miss Farina, our consultant, and completely just blindsides her with it. And on one hand, I get that he felt like she deserved credit and he thinks that he's doing like the nice thing. But at, on the other side, it's like, I feel like he didn't really consider Farina's position or her wishes in this. Because she is still like, she's like slowly trying to take these small steps back into like, in like integration into society. But throughout this entire character chapter, with this and the Traveler and Paimon and everything, like she's just constantly like being, she's like being forced back into like She's being pulled back. And it's, it's kind of jarring to see because on one hand, I think it's good for Farina. But on the second hand, I feel like it's very... you also have to take things like slow and steady, especially after going through something like that. Yeah, it feels like... It, it's just like, it feels like that these are interactions that could have like ended very badly if Arena were of like a slightly different mentality. Like, this could have like traumatized her even more and like pushed her further back into the shadows. But fortunately, it didn't do that. Because when we go backstage, Polo states that, you know, everybody's work, you know, no matter what happened or what they did, how they contributed, they they need to be credited. And Farina's like, yes, that's true, but you could have at least told me, you know, and let me know ahead of time. And this is like when Paimon's like, hey, he's like, yeah, and like, but before that, like, how crazy was it? Like, you know, I was getting ready to, to drop in the replica vision, but instead, like, one had already appeared. And Farina's just kind of like, yeah, I wasn't expecting that to happen either. It just kind of happened. But here it is. And now Farina is a Hydro Vision wielder. So from full-on Hydro Archon to normal human with nothing special, then bumped back up a tier to, like, Vision user. Farina's kind of, like, crossed, like, the full spread, I feel like. And I, I think that's good for her experience because now, like, I feel like the Vision gives her a little more, I guess, motivation, like self-assurance and self-confidence without having the pressure of being the Hydro Archon anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay, awesome. I want to make sure I'm not just kind of like babbling on. But it's at this point that Polo, he's like, hey, I'll, you know, I wonder how Dolphy is doing. And we, we have to go and check on Dolphy. And Dolphy, you know, even though she's sick and she wasn't there to witness the final bit of the performance, she's she's very, very glad to hear that everything went very, very well. And Farina says that even though things didn't go completely according to plan, and that she's still kind of, like, annoyed and kind of upset that Polo had, like, you know, given her all this full-on credit um, without letting her know ahead of time, she she does feel more confident, and she thinks that the experience has has given her the strength and the confidence to kind of return to like the theater even if it's not like a directing like like an acting role that because like this has been kind of like the essence of her being for so long that this feels right to her like and this is how she can return to society and find her place like back in fontaine even though she's knowing the yeah, hydro of course. i thought that it was it was a very sweet kind of like <clears throat> not bittersweet it was kind of it, it was. It was kind of like, it was almost like a coming of age thing for Farina, but like after her fall from grace. So it's like she got knocked like all the way down to like the bottom, and this is her like building back up. 
And it was very nice to see Farina, like, being pulled back up and essentially letting her know that, yeah, you're not the Hydro Archon, but you're not forgotten. Just because you're not that doesn't mean you're not nothing. And her finding her role and coming back and actually finding something that she can dedicate herself to other than just making macaroni sauce, I think it's done really well in helping her come back. And as we've seen from, like, the promotional trailer for 4.3, I expect as throughout this next event, like, Farina's, like, has, like, jumped in, like, her ascension, like, her eccentricities and, like, her, like, outgoing personality is going to, like, take charge. Like, I feel like that this experience and, like, her acquiring her vision has given her the confidence that she needs to, like, jump back into it. Because do you remember, like, in the opening bit where they have, like, the credits for, like, who's doing what? In like the in the making of the movie, do you remember seeing that? Yeah, I think so. Because they got like, oh, you know, casting by, you know, this person is like main role, second role, and then she's like, oh no no, it's like you don't understand like how this needs to be done, and so like there's like this huge like split like in the middle, and like in huge fat letters is like directed by Fiorina. Yeah. Like she's like completely injected herself into it. And I'm kind of like, yeah, like Paimon trying to do the camera angles, and it's not right. Fiorina's like, no 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 no. Yeah, uh-uh. like no. Free is like, let me show you how how it's done, and I'm glad that this character chapter was what it is to help show how she's coming back into it, how she's coming into her own, and I'm really glad to see it, and it, it really it really helps me appreciate Farina, like even after her fall of her basically re- return and the fleshing out of her character, and to see like what she's doing now. And I, I can't wait to see what she's going to do in version 4.3 when it goes live, too. So, overall, I mean, I thought it was a really great character chapter. Um, it certainly I it was, was a heartfelt. roller coaster. It was. It was. And even as short as it was, there was a lot, a lot of emotional up and down. But it, it, it was very, very good. And I'm glad that we got through it. I'm glad that it covered what it did. And I'm hoping that in 4.3, as we go, get to experience Navia's character chapter as well, that... You know, it'll continue on in, in this kind of vein to see, to make us more endeared to these characters more than we already are. Because I feel like Farina already had that because we got to experience her entire ordeal and that this just solidified like a lot of what we already liked about her and that what we can look forward to. But yeah, so that's going to wrap up the, um, the character chapter, the little ocean in for Farina chapter one. Yeah, I guess with that, we'll, uh, Shall we jump into a question of the week and kind of wrap it up for the evening? All right. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Awesome. Uh, Since I took the charge on the character chapter discussion, do you want to take the one for the question of the week? Since you did pick this one out. Oh, yeah, I did pick this one out. I helped. So let me see what (laughs) we got here. Um, So this one is from Dizam. It was from a while back, and I saw nobody had answered it. So I figured it'd be a fun one to give a try. It says, if you can theory craft an artifact set, what two-piece and four-piece effects would it have? And what characters would you have in mind to use this set? So this was actually a really fun one. I was surprised that we didn't get more answers to it, but it did require, like, a lot more, like, thinking. So I'm glad that you kind of, like, proposed doing this, like, earlier in the morning so I could actually, like, play around with it. And would you like to start off with yours or should I go with mine? Uh, You first, you first. Okay, so my idea was like, well, since we're like kind of like our podcast, I'm going to try and make like kind of podcast themed and like the name and stuff. So I called it 
the Proclamations of Unseen Voices, in which the two-piece set will give an elemental mastery of plus 80, and with the four-piece set, whenever equipping a character applies an elemental status to an enemy, the duration of the application is extended by 100%, and this effect can occur once every 0.5 seconds and can be triggered even if the equipping character is not on the field. My idea behind that was like, I feel like that as a podcast, like we kind of like take the information and the gameplay and the experience that we have in the story and we kind of cover it and we kind of essentially give it a little bit more of like an extended lifespan in like our own like little way. I see. I like that a lot. Yeah. And so I was like, well, in case we can do that and in that thing, you know, it would, it would be kind of cool if like the elements were actually like if you apply dendro or hydro or whatever to a character with the character has this set, you can extend the duration of that elemental application longer as well. So it kind of like tied into the, into this theme of making things last a little longer. And I don't know, that's just, that's kind of like what I kind of put together throughout today, but you had a pretty good one that you put together as well. I thought. Oh yeah. Mine. Yeah. Mine was pretty good. Um, my set that I have, is called Unbridled Charge of the Seven. And the two-piece gives energy recharge plus 20%, and the four-piece is increases elemental burst damage by 25%. Using elemental skill or elemental burst generates an additional five energy upon use, even when equipping characters not on the field. So basically... That is just like... Yeah. You want things to die faster? You want things to die faster? Bam, here's your burst back. Immediately use it off cooldown. The the fact that it can, like with a skill or the burst, can generate five energy, even when they're not on the field, is like... So basically you put that on Yai Miko, set down her turrets, five energy. Each time it procs. Yeah, like Fischl and Kuki or Kokomi. It's like, yeah, it just regenerate energy just constantly and and also no, you mean, think you that this set's lore would be about the archons you know wrong it's about the dragon sovereigns um and i i like that as well I no, so thank I thought you that... for the name you were the one who was coming up with all the good stuff this morning and i'm sitting over here like <laughs> brain no worky well i like coming up with like stupid things like that like i came up with like with like really like silly names for like because like all the individual pieces for like each of the sets also have like their own name like their little bit of like lore or like you know flavor text underneath them. i know i love that so much i literally said that how yeah. much i loved it like all yeah, this so I, it's great it just yeah it just gives a, a lot i just more, i just knew that i i didn't know where to start like i would have done that too but like i didn't know where to start considering we don't know a lot about the dragon sovereigns well i feel like you probably know a lot about the dragon sovereigns but well yeah but like overall we don't have a whole lot of information on the Dragon Sovereigns for me to even start coming up with ideas for what an artifact set that has their lore would be like. I got you. I got you, got you. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. But I, I like the unbridled charge of the Seven because, like, even do you think about the dragons and just, like, their immense power and how, how like, angry and unruly, like, a lot of them are? Was you were like, it's... it was like, unbridled charge of the Seven. And, like, you were probably thinking about the Archons, and I was like, no dragons i i was totally thinking of like the seven seats yes and then yeah, like, and no, we're like, gonna we're gonna nah, mix that up we're gonna make it about the dragons because dragons are way cooler 
Yeah, no, no, that's that's like okay, even better. Because like, I feel like everything revolves around like the Archons. It's not until like Nouvellette where things like really started to focus on the dragons themselves. Like we had a little bit with um with Devalon and like a and little bit of flavor text and a little bit with, with like Apep. But like Nouvellette, like being the Hydra like, was like center stage like for almost you know, a majority of Fontaine. And I'm kinda hoping that we see a lot more of this direct interaction between the Dragon Sovereigns and the and the Archon themselves as we go into Natlin and Shneznaya. Because I would really very much like for this to, 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 to be an ongoing theme. But, no, so that, that was a very fun question of the week. So thank you, uh, Desson, for that. <clears throat> that. That was a lot of fun to kind of piece something together. Well, yeah, no, also we named the domain for this, art- for this artifact set duo. Oh, yeah, we did. We did. What, uh, what did we name it? What did we you have? named what, what did you it. Call? It was uh, Resonance of Star's Descent. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's such a good name. You're the one who named it. I know that's what makes it so good. Well, you had the first one. It's like, was it, was it like a falling stars? Uh, I said resonance of, of the falling stars, stars, and then you changed it to resonance of stars descent, and I was like, perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just I took what you got and just tweaked it just a little bit. So I feel like that's kind of like what I did with this show as well. Like it was already good, and I just kind of put a little spin on it. That's all. Yeah, and I completely themed the name of the domain off of like you know the server icon and everything. No, no, I, I love it. Yeah, so maybe maybe one day, uh, you know, we'll get that big Hoyo sponsorship and uh, and we'll be implementing the in the game in, in this small little way. I'm I'm not gonna hold my breath for that either. That that we'll we'll get that the same the same update that we get our free five star. Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah, so look forward to that in like version like you know nine point two is should we ever make it that far? Uh, it'll happen in a uh, version uh ten point. 10. Yeah, absolutely. 10. After we've 10. already, you know, yeah, we, we've beaten the crap out of the Heavenly Principles, taken back Celestia, and there's nothing left, so they're just grasping at straws for content. That's when that's when we're going to get our thing. But uh, but that was uh, that was a lot of fun. That was a good little episode. Uh, we'll go and wrap it up there for tonight, though. Um, by the time this goes live, uh, this evening, the virtual 4.3 will have gone live, and I'm sure we'll be giving our first impressions on that next week. And if time allows, maybe we'll get to Lenny's character chapter. So, sound good? Sounds good. Awesome. Well, everybody, thank you very much for listening. As always, we really appreciate you being here. We look forward to seeing you next week. Oh, actually, next week is Christmas. So, we might not have an episode next week unless we record it early on, like, Saturday or something. Em, I'll have to get with you on that. Yeah, of course. Okay. So if we don't see you before next weekend, everybody, have a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, uh, Joyous Kwanzaa, whatever, or Happy Canadian Boxing Day, whatever it is that you celebrate. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll see you after that. And if not, maybe we'll have one more out before, uh, before the holiday hits. So everybody, again, thank you very much for listening. Have a wonderful evening. Good luck in your pools in version 4.3, and we will see you next time. And until then... Ad Astra Avisas. Ad Astra Avisas.